0: Happening this week on your favorite soap opera. It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host Dan Kroll coming to you this week from Beverly Hills, California, the scene of the 39th Annual Daytime Emmy Awards. The Daytime Emmys will be held tomorrow, June twenty third, 2012, at the Beverly Hilton Hotel in Beverly Hills, California. And the ceremony will be broadcast on HLN. You may know it as Headline News. It will be broadcast at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. So for those of you who are not on the East Coast, this is not a tape-delayed event. The event will be aired live all across the country, beginning, as I said, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And I will be on the red carpet, and I'm going to have company this year. I'll be joined by General Hospital star Haley Poulos, who plays Molly, and by former All My Children star Chriselle Staus, who played Amanda. We'll be teaming up to bring you interviews with your favorite daytime stars, as well as a first and after-show fashion wrap-up. We'll be sitting down and we'll be picking who we thought was dressed the best and who was less than impressed or something like that. I haven't really worked at the rhyme yet. It'll be uh, fiddled and faddled all by the time we get to the actual taping of the interviews backstage. So I'll, I'll work on that by then. Over the past couple of weeks, you know that here on Subcentral Live, we have been discussing the Daytime Emmy nominations and who we think has the best chance of winning a Daytime Emmy. Last week on the show, Daytime Confidential's Jamie Giddens and Jillian Bowe dropped by and offered their uncensored look at who they think will win. You can also find predictions from an expert panel of SoapCentral.com experts on SoapCentral.com slash Emmys. There we've got all of our predictions. We reason why we think each person is going to win or why someone maybe doesn't stand as good of a chance as others of winning. Of course, everything in the daytime Emmy world, the voting and everything, is very much shrouded in mystery, so there's no way to really know exactly what people are thinking when they vote. But we're going to take another shot at figuring it out and offering predictions this week with a friend to the show, Richard Sims, the executive editor of Soaps In-Depth magazine. Richard and I chatted earlier in the week before I headed to the daytime Emmys to discuss... Sort of in depth, no pun intended, why we think the categories are competitive or not competitive. It's it's very interesting because the categories, as you'll hear, that I thought were very too close to call, Richard thinks they might be a sort of a blowout. It's a very interesting year at the daytime Emmys. Who's going to win? Well, you'll have to tune into the daytime Emmys and find out. And of course, subcentral.com will have exclusive. Photography and interviews and all sorts of great things from on-site. Be sure to check out SoapCentral.com for all the latest Emmy news. But with that, let me bring you my interview with Richard Sims of Soaps In-Depth Magazine. So, Richard, the 39th annual Daytime Emmys are tomorrow. They're a couple of hours away. We've got a whole lot of excitement. Let me just start with the sort of big picture picture. Were you surprised when it was announced that the daytime Emmys were going to be broadcast? Granted, it's it's not on one of the major networks, but it's still, I would guess, somewhat of a victory for soap. I think it's a
1: huge victory. I really, my anticipation was that it would wind up airing somewhere online. Um, I thought, you know, some website, whether it was, you know, I don't know, Hulu, or I, I thought someone would step up. And see the opportunity. I never expected it to be HLN. Um, kudos to them. and what I really have to say about them is not only did they step up, but they stepped up in the biggest way.'ve they've been They've put advertising behind it. They've put you know they're, they're, they do web polls and, and, and just every time you turn around they're doing something soap related. They really see this as an opportunity. and I have so much mad respect for them for taking it seriously.
0: Do you think that their efforts, I mean, like you said, they're on Twitter, they're posting stuff like crazy and features and polls and pick the 10 outrageous moments in daytime history. Do you think that they're going to be rewarded for this? Or do you really think that this is something that soap fans just don't want to tune in for anymore?
1: Well, I think that's a, I, I think there's two parts to that question. Um, I think it will prove rewarding for them because, remember, we're talking about HLN. They have a much lower expectation than would a CBS or an NBC or an ABC, you know, as a cable network. And, and as, you know, they're not even necessarily one of the big cable networks. They're like a middling cable network. So for them, if they can get much lower ratings and still be incredibly pleased because it will be, people tuning into their network, it'll be people who will be grateful to their network. And we know that soap fans are very, you know, they're very loyal and they're very grateful to the people who do well by them. Ask anybody at Hoover. And I think that they'll also be, they'll be able to, you know, there's going to be a lot of advertising during these these two hours. And that means they'll be able to pimp their shows and pimp their lineups and pimp their affiliates. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a major win for them.
0: Well, I think when you're talking about the win factor, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's such a win for soap fans because there was such a level of just dejection thinking that there was not going to be anywhere where these awards would be broadcast. I jokingly offered to have them in my living room, anything to sort of get these, the daytime Emmys on the air. And. You know, then it was it was really, really bleak. There was supposed to be an announcement that they were going to be airing somewhere, and then it was taken away, and then fortunately HLN came back again and saved the day, and now they're on the air. So now that we've got an awards show, the next thing to talk about, of course, is the awards. There was a flap about the younger actor and younger actress at one point. They were going to maybe pull it from the broadcast. That blows my mind. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I, I never really understood that it, it didn't make any sense to me. I mean, for one thing, even just look at it from the most crass point of view. And the what's the demographic that everyone cares about? It's the young demographic. So if you're going to pull something, why would you pull you know the the the, the category that is featured <laughs> and aimed at that demographic? It makes it made absolutely no sense. And I was really glad to. And you know the fact that they kind of very quickly course corrected, that, again, sent, made me really positive about this. Um, I think what will be interesting to see is, let's face it, the last two award ceremonies we got, you know, which were really more tributes to Vegas than they were award ceremonies, mm-hmm. didn't particularly fit well with bands. And, and, you know, I don't like this way of thinking, but I heard a lot of it. I would rather it just not be on the air, was the way a lot of fans looked at it. I, you know, I will never take that point of view. I don't believe in boycotts. I, it drives me crazy when someone says, oh, if they're going to keep putting One Life Deliverers on, she they should just take it off the air, you know, whatever. That, no, 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 no. That's not the way you, you express it. But so I think there's a little bit of pressure on HLN to um, sort of make sure that the show they put on is worthy of the fan support that I think they're going to get.
0: Well, taking another opinion on that, too, is for me, looking at the Emmy reels, I think that the Younger Actor and Younger Actress categories are actually some of the closest. So to take that out really could get rid of some of the suspense. I think for the most part, with maybe one exception, any of the eight nominees for Younger Actor or Younger Actress could win.
1: I would actually... No, I would not agree with that. Really? When I was looking at the the male actors, I said, yes, I would agree. Then I looked at the female actors and said, no. No, I'm not going to. No, I can't agree with
0: that. (laughs) Really? See, I'm the other way. I figure three of the four uh, nominees for Younger Actor, Eddie Alderson, Chandler Massey, and Chad Duell, I think that they are close for me. I agree. I think any one of those three. I don't know... About Nathan Parsons' reel. It was sort of... It sort of, Yeah, it kind of confused me a little bit. There was a whole lot going on. Now, I'm looking, and we'll talk about this in a minute, about why people vote the way they do when it comes to the Emmys. I mean, all of the four younger actresses, they all had something within there that I could latch on to, whether it was uh, being haunted by your dead husband, whether it's, you know, sassing really? off to wait, somebody. Wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. You latch on to that? <laughs> Is there something well, you'd like to share with your listeners?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I guess maybe it's every time I heard someone saying Daniel Goddard. I hear Daniel. I think, oh, maybe that's a <laughs> silent hello to me. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I just, For me, it was interesting that it was taking out the whole storyline because this is something that we always discuss when people are voting why do people vote the way they do and for me it's really hard to i hate to say the the phrase and the cliche but to unring a bell it's really hard to judge strictly on 20 minutes or however long it is of of material in a reel when you know what the entire storyline was but in doing that you know i watched that i watched uh molly burnett who didn't do comedy this route she did uh, she went very much drama this time around for her, her nominee. She was sassing off. She was, oops, maybe I could be pregnant thing. You have Jacqueline McInnes-Wood, who had a, a soap opera meltdown. She trashed her own place, which my question too, and I'll, Get his, why do people always trash their own apartment when something goes wrong? Go to somebody else's house. And I know. Break my their my stuff. plan is <laughs> if
1: somebody kicks me off, I'm going to your house. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, You've made me so mad, I'm going to smash my Ming vase. Okay, well, that was stupid. Uh, and then you have Shelly Hennig, which she was a little crazy. Her character was a little crazy with a, please don't leave me, uh, which is good soapy moments. So, I mean, when you're looking for that, there was at least a moment in all four of those whether or not you like the quality is what we're going to hear now because apparently you disagree
1: yeah I really uh, Shelley Henning to me let's put it this way it was probably some of the strongest material that she had but I don't think I think that that same material in that that same reel given to another actress may have been better for me I just I, I just you know, I don't. I don't like to say negative things about actors and actresses. I think they go out there and they do their best. And and but I think some people's best is better than others. And I don't think that hers measures up. Um, I just, I just didn't. Um, for me, I, I just, I think Jackie Woods, Jack, Jackal McKenna's Woods is just. She is one of those people who I can watch do anything. I find her, beyond, not just stunningly beautiful, but just I find her a compelling performer and you know she to me i'm also a big fan of molly burnett um i like crystal khalil but to me in that category uh jacqueline was was the clear and away winner i mean just 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 you know it was like everybody else was using crayons and she was doing watercolors mm-hmm.
0: Okay, well, since I, I didn't let you answer for the younger actor, who do you pick in Younger Actor?
1: You know, I have I had a real problem with that because, and I do think this is the problem that people like you and I have, is that it's, it is really hard to look at, you know, just the snippets that they're giving you. Um, because, like, I looked on that list, and my first reaction is Chandler Massey. Chandler Massey did awesome, incredible work, but it was body of work it wasn't necessarily like that wasn't particularly my the most amazing episode it was good um, I, I think in this category I go with Chad I think I said that last year that you know that when he was now, I was like this isn't your year that next year is going to be your year and I and I stand by that I still think that this is his year.
0: One of the things that I think really helps Eddie Alderson in his clip is that he had pretty much the be-all and end-all of anybody on One Life to Live. There was Robert S. Woods, nominated, was in there, good stuff. Hillary B. Smith was in it, Emmy winner, good stuff. Jerry Verdorn, he's amazing, could watch him do a lot of stuff. You had uh, John Wesley Shipp, Cuckoo, uh, the, uh, the character, not necessarily him. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> so, I mean, there was, there was see, a, uh, me, a who's who. But to me, the
1: problem with that is, you too often find yourself focusing on the other actors in the scene. I've seen it happen time and time again, where are these scenes fantastic? Are they compelling? Yes. But if you get to the end of the reel and you're like, I forgot who was I supposed to be watching in those scenes because there's so many good people in it, that can be a real distraction.
0: So, well, then, how do people vote? I mean, I know that, again, we're never going to get an answer to that. But, you know, do you watch and do you go by the clip that you're most entertained by? Do you go by... Uh, you know, some people I know vote for, or in the past have said that they vote for people who they're familiar with because it's it's much easier to sort of go with who you know and what you know. You, do you look for you know good writing? Can you overlook the writing and go okay? This is strictly an acting category. What do you look for when you pick a winner?
1: And I think that's the problem. I think it's very much, you know, and this is true of voting as a whole, this is true of, you know, political voting, is no two people vote the same. You know, you're going to have, you know, just like in politics, you're going to have one group who votes down the party line. You're going to have one group who is, you know, independent and can be swayed by what they see. It's, It's the same thing here. I think, you know, I wish... That all voting was done by a blue panel uh, a blue ribbon panel who was familiar with all the soaps i mean there 's only four left it 's not that hard and and who were familiar with bodies of work as opposed to just what was submitted and could make decisions based on bodies of work, but then you run into the question of well, what if you know can they then separate you know the body of work from being done by their personal favorites from the body of work being done by other actors who are just as talented but aren't necessarily their favorites. It's it's really difficult. I mean, I'll be honest. I when I make my annual picks, I look at the I, I look at both. I look at what was submitted and then I assume that at least some of the judges are going to be familiar with the actor's body of work and I kind of try and combine those two and say, Okay, you know, what am I going to come up with? You know, and that's that's sort of how I tend to make my decision.
0: Speaking of bodies and bodies of work, you know, Chrysale Staus is going to be doing red carpet Emmy fashion for SoapCentral.com this year. That should be that should be a lot of fun, I think. That
1: should be awesome. She's you know she is, and I've I've told her this before. She is one of those people who I would change my ways for. I would change my entire <laughs> life. My mama would be happy. I would in a heartbeat. She is gorgeous and funny and just, you know, intelligent. She's everything you could want. And you're so, so lucky to have her doing this. I, I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to seeing
0: it. She's also told me that I have to do shots with her. And B, being a non-drinker, this could be... This could be very ugly.
1: No, you know what you do? You do what they do on you do what they do on television. You pretend to take the shot and then you just like, you know, throw it in the plant or you know, hand it <laughs> off to I'll stand behind you. I'll do the shots, you know. <laughs> uh,
0: well, uh, now that I uh, it's sort of out of order, but something that you were saying where you say that, you know, you look to sort of do a whole body of work. One of the things that I'm confused about comes in lead actress for Erica Slezak where I think as a fan, her episode that she selected, it was the 40th anniversary for Erica's on uh, appearance on One Life to Live. It was very much something that fans could get into. It was a wink. It was a nod. It was a here we are. We're saluting you and the character and the show. But I don't know how voters as a whole will feel for it because it was sort of campy. There was a little bit of humor to it. And again, this is drama series. But on the flip of that, One person is playing three different roles in theory. And we know that the Emmys like to pick people who... Play more than one role. So, what's your take for Erica Slaysack's lead actress role? Well,
1: again, it completely depends on what people vote on. You know, do they vote on the body of work? Do they vote on this is one life lives last year? This is a woman who you know it's her 40th anniversary, and we you know she's one of the most recognized and rec- recognized by both by the public and by the by the voters you know actresses out there. Um, for me personally, I don't think it's a good reel. I, I think it's all the things that. I kind of cringe at. I recognize it. I recognize her as a very talented actress. I recognize what they were doing there. But it's, it's to me, the kind of thing that if I show a non-soap fan, they're going to roll their eyes at. Um, For me, the lead actress to beat is Debbie Morgan because Mm. that scene where she goes to the unmarked grave and she breaks down is... That, to me, is all-encompassing drama. It, 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 it hits you on every level. You don't have to be familiar with the story to understand the pain. The writing is fantastic. The acting is is phenomenal. It's shot on location, which gives it a little bit of a different look. It just, it really, really, really stands out to me as a, a very difficult thing to beat. I mean, and that's, that's a tough category, too, because, you know, Crystal Chappelle, Betty Morgan, Erica Slazak, Heather Tom, Laura Wright, all five of them are as should be our powerhouse actresses you know it's 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 not like some categories where for example supporting actor you know i think there are people in the supporting actor category who should not be in supporting actor they are lead actors but they put themselves in supporting because they know that they you know might have a better chance there all of the women in lead actress deserve recognition they're all fantastic
0: Well, this is a good example, though, too, of maybe having known a little bit of the show's history helps. There was a very, very small reference in Debbie Morgan's reel about what was going on in terms of backstory. If you don't know anything about it, you may not understand why this woman can't just look around and see things. It was a very quick reference. Fortunately, it was there to explain that Angie was blind. Otherwise, you may not get it. I don't know if there was any other indication that the character had lost her eyesight. But
1: you know what's more important to me is, I don't know that that was necessarily important. I think I, I think I picked up on it. I thought that's a good question. Did I pick up on it because I knew or, but the, the the thing that matters there is the actual moment. You know, like it all comes down to when she breaks down at that grave. And that's how, you know, that's, it's, it rips your heart out. It's it does what soap opera at its best does. It moves you. And and I, I that's, a, that's, that's really tough to beat for me.
0: It also helped that the really big dramatic moment was at the end of the reel. So you are left with that heartbreak. You're exactly. left with the scream. And something else, again, I don't think that voters are supposed to do this, but can't unring that bell. Darnell Williams, for his Emmy reel, he sort of submitted closer to the beginning of that when the baby had actually died. So if you watch them lead actor first and lead actress, you you unintentionally sort of get a second episode to really explain what was going on.
1: Interestingly, I, you know, I did not feel as strongly about Darnell's reel as I did hers. I thought, again, I thought Darnell was, and this is a big problem this year, and it's a problem with soaps in general. First of all, you know, watching all of the Emmy reels was like being on suicide watch. Because, you know, dead babies everywhere and, you know, grieving and interventions and and I know that that's good drama, but it really points out to me what is a big problem with soaps right now. And Darnell's reel, unfortunately, focuses on, you know, the kind of thing that, again, it's sort of over-the-top stereotypical, not necessarily good soap opera. It's... And it, and I think that kind of stuff works better over the long term than it does necessarily when reduced to a single episode. Um, I mean, he's fantastic in it, but I don't know. I was a little. I, I just wasn't all that interested in it. To be honest with me, I, to be to be honest with me, I don't care about you. To be honest with me, <laughs> uh, you know, I was surprised in in reliving these various moments. I never would have predicted that this is where my my vote would have gone. But if I was given the chance to vote, I would have voted for Maurice Bernard because I thought the Sonny and Brenda stuff was it was the best that Sonny and Brenda were. Um, you know, this return by by Vanessa was awful. It was terribly written. It was just it, they missed such an opportunity. It was I am embarrassed by how far they missed the boat on that. But that, but that episode that they submitted was what Sonny and Brenda should have been all along. It was great. It was just really, really, really... And it got to the issue of why they can't be together. It just, it just really worked for me on every level. I thought it was great soap opera.
0: Well, see, for that, the problem with that reel is in the first part of it, I felt that uh, Vanessa Marcel Giovinazzo was actually more powerful, and I liked, I was more gravitating towards her. And then I wonder, well, if you're a lead actor should you be playing second fiddle, or should anybody else be upstaging you? So that kind of weighed against me for him.
1: Yeah, I, I do understand that. I do understand that. Um, but to me, I think there are certain actors who are almost as good reactors as they are actors, and Maurice has always been that way for me. I find even when Maurice doesn't have a lot of dialogue, I feel like I can feel what's going on behind his eyes. I just think he's, I think he's so intense and he's always so in the moment. And so for me, and I understand completely what you're saying, I—I because I, I had that same problem when I was saying with Eddie Alderson, but but it didn't happen here for me. I was so into that scene and watching these two actors who I, and again, I'm bringing my own personal stuff to it because I know how much these two love working together. I love watching them sort of do the business of acting together. So, again, I'm bringing in my own stuff there.
0: So is that your pick for the category, Maurice Bernard?
1: Yeah. You know who I wish I could say it was? John McCluck. Because I love, I love those scenes. I love the I scenes, did too. Um, uh, the, scenes with this, the scenes they submitted were um, Eric and Stephanie... Talking about how um, it was a really painfully honest conversation about how you know his needs weren't being met because she had gone through this cancer and and they weren't as intimate as he wanted. It was it was like scenes from a marriage and it was powerful and it was intimate and it was wonderful. But I just for some reason I don't think it's going to win. I think it's not maybe it's not showboaty enough. But it, that's where I would personally love to see it go because I thought. I thought both John McCook and Susan Flannery did some spectacularly honest work there. And I don't think we see enough of that on soap.
0: So whereas, we'll talk about it in a second, with me being the only person in the free world who doesn't think Jonathan Jackson will win supporting actor, you seem to be the only person in the free world who doesn't think Tony Geary is going to win lead actor. Um. See, again... No ums. Well,
1: that is, that is a really tough... Category, I think okay. I think lead actor is the hardest category. Um, really? Yeah, I really do. Just because there are there are, you know, Bob Wood, same thing. He's his scenes are fantastic. It's really good drama. It's good. It's a good script. Um, yeah, I could see Tony winning. I, I I can't actually pick a winner in that category. I'm I'm glad that I don't have to. If I was voting, I would probably. Oh, see, I said I would vote for Maurice, then I said I would vote for John. Now what I'm saying is I would vote four times in that category.
0: Are you a flip flopper? I
1: am. <laughs> call me Romney. <laughs> you know, just, don't call me maybe. Call me Romney.
0: <laughs> well, let's make it easier for you. If that's the hardest category to pick. Supporting actor. You had sort of alluded to the fact before that someone, sh- or maybe more than one someone, shouldn't have submitted themselves in supporting. They should have been more of lead. I don't
1: think Jonathan Jackson is... I'm sorry, in this day and age, Jonathan Jackson is not a supporting actor. He's just not. Um, uh, and I think, based on who he is, what uh, what he what he does, and the reel that he submitted, I have no doubt that he's going to win this category. Um, I mean, and, and I should say... It's not necessarily. There are there are very good actors in this category. Um, some, you know, I'm, I'm actually glad to see that Sean Blackmore got a nomination. I'm a really big fan of his, but I don't think he can possibly win. Um, I I I like Matthew Ashford. I didn't particularly love the stuff that he submitted. Um, Spinelli, that's a really hard reel. It's great if you're a GH fan. It's great if you know the scene, but if you but if you are as you're supposed to be voting only on that submitted episode, I don't know that you walk away from it really kind of not scratching your head. So that seems like... And Jason, and Jason Thompson is wonderful. It's a very nice reel, but it's not... I don't think it's compelling enough. Not compared to Jonathan Jackson. I think he walks away the winner. Who do you think wins?
0: I'm torn. I'm actually torn between Sean Blakemore and Matt Ashford. Really? I am, and you know, here's the reason why. And and I know that this is again, this is not the way you're supposed to vote and judge when you're watching it. Sure. I thought that Jonathan Jackson's Emmy reel from last year, the one that he won for, was so far and above one of the best things that I've seen in a long time sure. that I think maybe unfairly I'm measuring him against that particular episode, which I admit you're not supposed to do. Um you know so that's sort of what I'm putting in there.
1: Wasn't wasn't, the mat- but wasn't wasn't last year didn't he submit the confrontation with Liz and Nicholas? Is that He right? did. Yes, yeah, to is. me this is stronger than that. That really was, that because that was was he was he phenomenal in it? Yes. But it was so over the top and it was the the dialogue was even too much. It it it, it, it I mean I know we're not basing it on on the writing but it was it, it just it screamed at me. And I feel like this year the reel is much subtler and, and much more controlled. And I think, I don't know, for me it really, really worked.
0: So the thing for me with the two that I mentioned for Ashford and Blakemore, or Ashford and Simpson, their reels were <laughs> solid as a rock. <laughs> for Sean's, it was, it was actually sort of strange. When I was watching the clip, I almost felt as though I wasn't watching a soap opera. It seemed as though I was watching something like a, somebody's home movie where people were just discussing. I really didn't get acting out of it, it not in, in the bad way, but in, in a good way where I'm like, okay, this is extremely real. I'm really buying this. I'm sort of moved by it. It's not over the top. There's not a lot of, mm-hmm. of craziness. But it touched on something that we don't really hear about on any of the soaps. They talked about veterans. They talked about people who've served in the service. Then we had the same thing, for too, a day. with, with well, uh, yes, it was for a day, but that's all we're judging on. We're only <laughs> supposedly judging on one day. The same thing for Matt Ashford is, you know, it, very much, very topical in the news, where we have people who are coming back from war zones, whether they have been in, our, in the armed forces or whether they've been uh, journalists or people are going on humanitarian issues and, and, and measures, and things happen to them, and they're not the same, and I thought it was very current and it's also something that we don't really see on soaps a lot except when you know the evil twin captures somebody and throws them in a mine shaft and then they have traumatic issues or you know we revisit stuff that took place 30 years ago before the character ever made it to the show and we're supposed to understand and feel emotions for things that are happening this was something that at least it was a character that we knew we've known for a while and we could feel something for but again that requires you to sort of know a history of the character in to go for more than one episode, but I was moved by those two See, think, more than anything. I think
1: if you took Jonathan Jackson out of this category, and again, I don't think he should be there, um, because I I think that everyone else in that category truly defines what a supporting actor is supposed to be. Um, I think they are, you know, they are supporting actors, and I think Jonathan is lead. If you took Jonathan out, then yeah, I can actually go for either of those. But I think, but I think. I think Jonathan ends up winning based on the fact that you've got, in part, that you've got a lead actor in with the supporting.
0: Well, Rewinding quick, t- uh, just for a moment, too, when you're talking about people who should be in a category shouldn't be in a category, Crystal Chappelle, for lead actress, submitted the shortest Emmy reel of anybody this year. It was just a, a shade over five minutes. Do you, I mean, I know you, there's not a time requirement on this, but when somebody is submitting something that's only five minutes, do you think that that works against them? You have Erica Slasek with 30 minutes, Crystal Chappelle for five minutes, and people think, okay, well, Erica did six times it, the work.
1: I don't think it does because, let's face it, a lot of times people submit a reel that really they're only, that if they could, they probably would submit trim it down and only submit like two or three minutes because there tends to be a lot of stuff in it that you know yeah it's okay but it's not the, it's not the moment that they're actually trying to submit you know like like debbie morgan's reel you know she's clearly submitting it for that for that anguish at the, in, at the very end mm-hmm. um so if you've got a reel that is kind of condensed and can do exactly what you wanted to do in that time i don't think that should hurt you
0: well, you mentioned, too, of being able to condense or not condense. Something that I I was watching, when I watched the actual Emmy reel for Bradford Anderson, there was a scene missing when I compared it to the recap that was posted for SoapCentral.com on that particular day. There is something that happened after his Emmy reel ended that uh, was on the broadcast episode that didn't show up in the Emmy reel, and I'm not entirely sure why. That's the first time that I've ever seen anything like that happen.
1: Are you allowed to edit them? I
0: don't know. I don't know. think I will... I, I don't know. I know that you can't add anything that wasn't in the episode, but I don't know if you can take things out that don't you know what I mean? Like no, I don't know like you it's can't not add relevant anything to what it. you're
1: submitting. I, I that's that's actually a really good question. I'll have to I'll I'll have to look into that because um and, you know, I don't I don't really know why you wouldn't be able to. Uh I I I think it's the same thing as not being able to add. You know, I understand not being able to add because, well, it's, you're supposed to be based on one episode. But I would think, you know, if there's a bunch of stuff in your in your reel that you think really isn't relevant to why you're submitting it, why not be able why not edit it?
0: Yeah, I mean, what if you have a really good episode, but there's one part in the middle where you fumble the line? You should be able to take it out if it's not relevant and doesn't hurt the rest yeah. of your reel. I mean, you shouldn't lose an Emmy because you said the wrong word. Right.
1: Or because somebody okay. else, or because there's a scene on your reel that's different from the other scenes, and let's say, let's, say, let's say you have five scenes in a row with the same actor, and then you have a sixth scene with another actor, and that actor is, for whatever reason on that day, distractingly bad or distractingly good. Why not, you know, excise that from your reel?
0: And I guess one of the issues that people have too, according to Nancy Lee Grahn, is sometimes you don't really have a lot to pick from because you maybe only have one or two episodes that you feel are Emmy-worthy. And that's what she told me of her reel for Supporting Actress. There are some, I mean, there's a lot of interesting uh, potential outcomes for Supporting Actress. You've got only, uh, you've got two people who've won before. You've got three who haven't. There's, so, I mean, the odds are... Potentially, in favor of somebody you're, winning for do the first so much time
1: research. you're
0: so smart. Well, younger <laughs> actor like and younger actor <laughs> <won>. <laughs> <laughs> Younger actor, younger actress, nobody in that category has won before, so we're going to have two first time winners. I think the lead actor and lead actress, with the exception of uh, John McCook, I know, hasn't won before. I think everybody else has won in the leads. And then you have in supporting actor, Bradford hasn't won. Matt Ashford, first nomination, he hasn't won. Sean Blakemore, first nomination, he hasn't won. Thompson, Jason Thompson's never won. Jonathan Jackson, of course, has won a bunch. So, I mean, you have a lot of potential for first-time winners this year. Do we think that's going to happen in supporting actress? Will we have a first-time winner?
1: Um, uh, I'm going to say no. I think we're going to have a repeat winner. So that
0: leaves it to either Jeannie Francis or Nancy Yeah, I'm guessing Jeannie Francis you're
1: picking? No, I actually would pick Nancy. I think I, I, I love Jeannie, but I do not particularly love her in this role. And I don't know that this... I think this reel, like the character of Genevieve, is a little bit schizophrenic. You know, it goes from her being snarky to her being all, you know, mushy with Jack. And by the way, I want to point something out about her reel. Um one of, okay. the, one of the scenes in her reel ha, ha, is her talking about how Colin was her only lover. Yes. I suspect you mark my words, within the next year, they're going to completely forget that that scene was in any episode, and they're going to reveal that Tucker and her have a history. You wait and see and they're going to re- because I, I strongly suspect that Tucker is going to turn out to be. Uh, kane's father and you wait they're just going to completely forgot that not only is this in an episode but it's in an episode they actually submitted for an emmy
0: (laughs) (laughs) i suspect that neither you nor i will let them forget that or a bunch of fans if that actually happens
1: i want to talk for a second about if i may about um the category that that really doesn't get a lot of attention i'm interested to see what you think um of the outstanding directing because i'm a fan of directing I'm a really big fan of directing, and so I think
0: this is a shoe in I think there's only one potential winner.
1: I agree. I wonder if we think the same thing.
0: Does it start with a G and end with a hospital? No,
1: no, it does not. Really? No. Oh come on! I thought oh. I thought the intervention. Um, I kind of thought it looked cheap. I thought all those screens and everything. I I thought it looked showy and cheap. I did not think I did not think it was particularly stand out at all, to
0: tell you the truth. So you I'm trying to think what's look, the young and the restless?
1: Yeah. I thought that particular episode was very stylish. Very well directed. Very I'm not saying it was a good episode. I don't think that episode will win in the other categories that it's submitted in, but I think directing wise, I thought it was gorgeous. I thought it was it just really had a lot of visual elements that captured my attention. Now watch, you know what'll really happen? They'll go with b and you know why they'll go with BNB? Because <laughs> they put people on the bus. Because it was <laughs> remote. Oh look, we're on a bus. That's correct.
0: <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I mean, yeah, it is the only one that had a remote, so I mean, maybe that that puts in its benefit. The thing that I liked about General Hospital, though, is I thought that they had really good transitions from. Seen Luke in the middle of the circle and then the camera angle shifts and all of a sudden it's a, a different set in terms of you know there's different things set up there different people different angles and they did that really well where it wasn't jarring it wasn't jostling of the camera it was very fluid and for me looking in terms of directing again you know you never know what people actually look for when they vote I thought that that was extremely well done I thought it was extremely well thought out and taking out you know maybe the 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 story itself, since I guess that's not supposed to count, I thought that strictly watching it with the mute button, it appealed to me
1: yeah i you know I can see that. I'll also say that I think both outstanding drama and outstanding writer uh, uh, writing, I was really incredibly disappointed not to see b and b in those categories and not for the reason that they've appeared in the last couple of years and that they've won the last couple of years, which you know for the for the, the silly social issue stories. I was really disappointed because I think in both drama and writing that b and b is whether it's nominated or not is the best um, i think when that show is on a roll, the dialogue on that show cannot be beat by anyone and I think when the, and the, and I think that that show does what and I praise them for this constantly because no other current daytime drama does it. they can make you swoon and to me. It's called outstanding drama, but you know, it's basically outstanding soap opera. And to me, soap operas are supposed to be swoon-worthy. I don't care if you're switching dead babies. I don't care if you're blowing people up. B&B does what it's supposed to do. It it entertains. It moves at a great pace, has great dialogue, and makes not a week goes by that there's not somebody having romance, you know, kissing or making love or, you know, whatever. Or if, if it's this last couple weeks wandering through an olive, field but but it, it does it just it's it's I think it is I think it is literally the definition of classic soap opera and we don't get a lot of that so I'm really sad to see them not in either category and I'm sure it's because they submitted you know they always tend to go for the social issue stuff which is not what they really are about you know the Beverly story that got that they I'm sure submitted for everything under the sun you know, Beverly's not even on anymore. <laughs> you know, what, what happened to Beverly? She vanished, uh, like all of their social issue stories.
0: She's in the hills. <laughs> Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh, oh. So your swoon-worthy idea of giving them an Emmy was to reward them for the psychedelic berries. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: I liked the boink berries. <laughs> I liked that story. I thought it was, it was fun, and it was different, and it played with... I'll, you know, with the perception of you know did this really happen or didn't it I thought that was I thought that was a really, really, really fun story and you know I, I again i think I think they they do things that other shows no longer remember how to do
0: well, something that the shows have done this year in the outstanding drama series category that I was sort of taken aback by is personal favoritism aside for All My Children. The other three soaps that were nominated, I felt like one of their two episodes was much stronger than the other and that you know the other episode was sort of, okay, this wasn't the best one to submit. I felt that way for Days. I felt that way for General Hospital. I felt that way for The Young and the Restless. I don't know why the, uh, the death of Jake storyline on General Hospital, that one particular episode, I don't know why it didn't move me the second time watching it, as it did when I watched it live, I guess maybe i'm still going back to the whole b j storyline where that was the best uh, well, not that there is such a thing. It was the most well done storyline that involved the death of a child on a soap, and I think that anything that 's ever been done past that time has paled in comparison and has sort of been offensive to the original memory
1: well, so i, also, I didn't I, wasn't, I also think that we're at a point as you know and and, and I mean we as viewers are at a point where we just want to throw up our hands and say, stop killing babies, you know? Like, that is not entertaining. It's, you know, this is a medium aimed at women, and I don't understand why at some point they they got it in their head that it's entertaining for women or anybody else to watch children being killed, to watch baby swaps where one of the babies dies, to watch women endlessly reliving Every mother's worst nightmare. That's that. Yeah, I don't understand it.
0: So, I'm going to just cut to the chase and ask you, of the four shows nominated for Outstanding Drama Series, which of the four do you think stands the least chance of winning?
1: The least chance? Well, you know, I almost have to say days. I mean, for one thing, days never wins. <laughs> you know, anything. Um, so, I, I guess that that would be the one that I think has the least chance. I suspect that General Hospital will win um, because they always win. I don't necessarily think that these were the best episodes. I don't necessarily think that they deserve to win, but I do think they will win. Unless what do you all my think children, of the chances? Unless all my children pulled it out, you know, from, again, not necessarily because of the episodes they're voting on, but because of, you know, the, the, the residual angst we all have because
0: this show ended. I think it also worked in their favor that they were the only soap that co- submitted two consecutive episodes Well, that were, that made the final cut. I suspect that The Bold and the Beautiful may have submitted two consecutive episodes. But I think that that works in its favor too because at least there's a cohesiveness from the time that you're watching it. And so you get to the end, you sort of get a little wrap-up, you sort of get to follow along. It didn't necessarily cover any major story until the end, but for folks who are voting in terms of maybe not being completely familiar with All My Children. You have a mystery that it ended with, which fans didn't like, but if you're not familiar with the show, you may be hoping that there's another scene coming up where you find out who gets shot. You have the Erica Kane being told off by a suitor, which I think really, there are probably people who were waiting 40 years for Erica Kane to be uh, told off. But
1: you're voting on one episode. You can't vote on the fact that you've been waiting for that for 40 years.
0: But I think, I mean, it's, if you're watching any of these, even if you're watching Erica Slezak's performance when she was the three characters for the 40th episode, if you're in the know, you have to know right. that she's played other characters in the past. Just like, you know, I mean, for all of these things. I mean, if you're watching the All My Children reel, you can't not know who Erica Kane is, whether you you counted that in that episode or not. But you're going to remember that, you know, this character, the the actress was nominated forever, but this character has been involved in so many other things. And I think when you're looking at some of these, unless it's a a show that has a whole bunch of newcomers and you don't recognize anybody, when you see these familiar faces, there is something that you pull from, from your memory, that I think you can't shake when you're voting.
1: It's interesting to me, though, that you point out that All My Children is the only show that made the cut to submit two sequential episodes. I actually feel like, except for The Young and the Restless, I feel like Days of Our Lives and GH, they're not technically sequential episodes, but they're sort of tied in. Like, you know, the whole reason I feel like they submitted the first episode of Days was to explain the grief sex in the second episode. Um, the same thing with GH. You know, they're not consecutive episodes, but the first episode is about Jake's death, and the second episode, Luke's intervention, is all tied into Luke's death or uh, to Jake's death. So, in a way, even though they're not sequential, they are kind of linked, and they do sort of give you um, a little bit of satisfaction in that things from the first carry into the second.
0: But do they give you enough to be able to make that link when you're watching it to not have to use some of the other episodes that were submitted, like Tony Geary's episode that was somewhere in the middle of the two right. of those uh, and Jonathan Jackson's that was in there, where you can piece enough of what's going together? I'm with you. I think the General Hospital probably will win in terms of it just it seems like it it always wins it's won 10 times it's the most of any soap i i don't suspect that people are going to say hey they've won 10 times let's give it to somebody else like days it's won once i think in its history but you know i don't necessarily know when looking at them i i just i don't think that the the episodes were the best ones that they selected. And I don't know that all my children's are either.
1: Well, there's a dark horse here as well, though, and that is YNR. And the reason Y&R could be a dark horse is that the two episodes they submitted are sort of standalone. You know, you get yeah. this murder mystery yeah. thing that's very kind of... It's. I will admit, when that episode aired, I did not like it. But watching it through the eyes of a judge, it's very compelling. It tells you a story. It draws you in. It sets everything up. And the same thing with Mickey's It's a Wonderful Life episode. You know, that's, that's a, even though it's kind of, I, I don't think I would necessarily choose to submit it, I understand submitting it because it does stand alone. It sets up a story. It's a very familiar format. We all know that it's a Wonderful Life story. So, so you know, YNR could actually, with, with two standalone episodes, could pull it out.
0: Well, I guess that the only thing left that we haven't discussed then is probably the most pressing issue of Emmy night. Have you picked out your Emmy outfit that you'll be wearing for the Emmys?
1: I have. I will be wearing a swimsuit because I will <laughs> be... It seems a little I will be, inappropriate. I know. Well, you know what? I bet Chriselle would totally approve. <laughs> you know, well, I bet she would... Send well, a picture. We'll actually, get her comments. Actually, she would approve of... Her in a swimsuit. No one's going to approve of me in a swimsuit. And trust me, if I have anything to say about it, there will be no pictures of me. But no, I unfortunately this year, because of my vacation scheduling, I scheduled it so far in advance that that happened to be, uh, that will be, the Emmys will be airing on my first or second day of a very much deserved if I only if I even if I'm the only person who says so. Beach <laughs> vacation. So I will be I will be at at the, the uh, on the Delaware shore, uh really probably not giving a lot of thought to the at all to be honest. <laughs> That's a terrible Maybe thing you, to admit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's scandalous and I'm glad that we saved it for the very end of the show uh, so yeah. people will be listening and we'll believe them on a high note. This is gonna be my Emmy reel. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna be the real to get me fired. No, no, no. Uh, That's not the sort of thing that gets you fired. Other things do. Uh, (laughs) Well, Richard, I want to thank you so much for taking some time out to chat about all things Emmy. I know that you won't be there. You'll be there in spirit. Hopefully, not a creepy spirit because that would be a little freaky to to (laughs) see you hovering around the the red carpet at the Beverly Hilton. But uh, I always. (laughs) Ooh, Emmys. Yeah, there's enough. Bad energy that could potentially <laughs> haunt us there. So, uh, But it's always a pleasure to talk to you about anything soap-related, so I'm glad that you are able to be a part of the Emmy coverage. Thanks for having me. Well, there you have it. Another expert's predictions on who they think will win a Daytime Emmy this year. I want to again thank Richard Sims for dropping by the show. You can get more information about Soaps In-Depth magazine by visiting soapsindepth.com you can also follow along on twitter at soapsindepthabc or Soaps in Depth CBS for all of your late breaking soap needs right from Richard Sims right there on twitter for those of you out there who can't get enough daytime emmy information you can get more predictions and everything emmy related in our special expanded daytime emmy section of soapcentral.com by visiting soapcentral.com slash emmy's There, in addition to getting our expert predictions and finding out who was nominated for an Emmy this year, and of course, once the ceremony ends, seeing our exclusive interviews and photographs, you'll also be able to check out coverage of every previous Daytime Emmy ceremony. That's right, 39 years of Daytime Emmy coverage on SoapCentral.com. You can check out all of the winners, find out who was nominated in past years, And for every year that SoapCentral.com has been online, it's the last 17 years, you'll be able to check out our exclusive Emmy coverage and photos and everything else Emmy-related. It's a must for any daytime fan. It's also a great way to take a trip down memory lane, particularly as some of our favorite soaps are no longer with us. Find out which actors have never won a daytime Emmy and find out which are the most awarded in daytime Emmy history. There's lots of fun information and trivia, anything that you could possibly need. And speaking of anything that you could possibly need, you can also check out every episode of Soap Central Live that has ever aired by visiting soapcentral.com slash radio, or just by clicking on Soap Central Live at the top of any page on the soapcentral.com site. Once you get there, you'll have access to every show that we've ever broadcast. You can stream them live on your computer. You can also download them for later listening on any device that you can listen to music on. So that can be your phone, an MP3 player, a tablet computer, anywhere that you can listen to music, you can listen to Soap Central Live. So I hope that you'll go there and check out more than 120 episodes with your favorite stars. We're talking about your favorite soaps. We've had calls from amazing soap fans. And, of course, I want to thank all of you for listening. We wouldn't be able to do this show if it weren't for your continued support We're going to be back next week with All My Children veteran Jill Larson, who played Opal. She also, of course, popped up on some other soaps. We'll be talking about that as well, as well as a Daytime Emmy wrap-up. Find out what we saw behind the scenes. Find out who we talked to. Should be a lot of fun. I hope that you'll join me next week. It's every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, for the continuing saga of Soap Central Live.